Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Roy's Rants. I'm your host, Roy Stiffy. Along with me is Alex, a.k.a. Charles Ross. How are we doing today? I'm very excited about today's episode. You are very excited about today's episode, indeed. You know, um, before we get started on today's episode, um, I have a little sister podcast called uh, From Our Couch. I'm sure I'll talk about it at the end again for shameless plugs. But uh, this past weekend, um, well, I should start from our couch does uh, they talk we talk about reality TV and regular TV, like more mainstream media than what you and I nerdily rant about. And uh, my uh, my middle child, uh, my middle stepchild uh, actually made a connection with two of the. mega popular uh reality show uh characters from uh, big brother um this past season uh big brother um had quite a mix of characters and uh we actually made connections with them and we spent the weekend in tennessee hanging out with two of them um a man named michael red utley and cameron uh, cam harden i don't know if i'm saying the last name right or not and so we uh, we ended up spending time in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Have you ever been to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? I have not. It is a tourist trap. Oh, it's the most glorious tourist trap. They have a wax museum. They have a Ripley's, believe it or not. They have a Christmas town. They have Paula Dean's gift shop and, and restaurant. Oh, my God, so good. Um, they uh, They have a crime museum. They have like an Alcatraz crime museum. Um, so not only did we get to meet some reality TV shows or characters and actually we, we got to like know their family, like the one's family and stuff. We were like spending time with these guys. Like they, like we've known them all our lives. It's kind of weird. It's very surreal. Um, but we, we got to, uh, go to the wax museum and I've had my picture taken with, um, let's see. Uh, I want to say I, I might take a picture taken with, uh, the T 800, the predator, the alien, um, n- not Nick cage. Uh, John Travolta, John Travolta. How'd I know? Um, the men in black. Oh, I, I just got distracted because there's a whole like group of deer on the Hill right outside my window. I'm like, hello deer. Uh, please stay off this road later on tonight when I have family coming over so you don't run into them. So, but uh, he also went to the crime museum, which was like super dark and depressing because I wanted it. Like they said, it was Alcatraz Museum, the outside of it. You have like guys like breaking out of windows. You got like a cop at a sniper position and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I was hoping it was going to be a go in and um, they they take you a tour through like a mock jail facility. Maybe they put you in a holding cell, you know, rough you up a little bit, you know, fake. But still, like, you know, I was like, please tell me it's the Alcatraz experience. No, it was a rather boring museum that like highlighted serial killers and murderers and 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 the the essayers of the world and and all these like schemes and scammers and stuff. And it was like the, like a biography of each one of them. It was a lot of reading. And I was just like, this is a tourist trap. What are you doing trying to be serious? Uh, and also, everybody and their brother was in this museum 
trying to read every little bit of information. So it took forever to get through. So I was a little ticked off. I did take pictures of the white Bronco that OJ Simpson was uh, running away from police in. So there's that. They have that? They have that. They have John Dillinger's car. They, I believe they had Bonnie and Clyde. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> Interesting. But they also, yeah, but they also had a 9-11 memorial. And I was like, what? What? As a person who lived 9-11, and this may be a controversial take, I do not need to have 9-11 thrown in my face all the time. And in such painful detail, like I've been, I visited, you know, ground zero. I've been to the 9-11 museum. You know, I, 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 I remember that day very, I remember the weeks following it. I remember all of that. I just was not something I was expecting to run into at the Alcatraz crime museum. So that threw me off a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like, I, I wanted, I wanted this to be a fun experience with crime. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it is strange to have, I mean, a a nine eleven memorial at Alcatraz or something that's supposed to be about Alcatraz because it's yeah. not like there was a plane that was also uh, flown into Alcatraz, right? No, there was not. It was not involved in 9-11 whatsoever. I didn't, I didn't think so. I was like, am I misremembering? I mean, I was in third grade. Thanks for making me feel old again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it sounds cool regardless. Yeah, um, but it was overall a pretty awesome experience. We'll probably... <clears throat> um, we, got to, we got to stay at the one cast member. Like, he has a like he works for this company that makes luxury cabins around uh, Pigeon Forge, around that area for like rich people to like stay at and stuff. And we got to spend a night at his cabin because he's like, well, I'm leaving. You guys can stake over. He felt bad because we won a free trip to one of these cabins for the whole weekend. And then uh, there was a huge storm that kind of messed up the one cabin. Um, so we, went, we ended up staying at this like dirt motel. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, I always like, it's a good key indicator when you walk into a hotel and there's like no carpeting. Cause like the first thought is like, okay, well they don't want the carpet in there. Um, you know, for blood stains and all those other kind of stains, they don't want that. Um, but they have a wooden floor. And if you take your shoes and your socks off and the floor is crunchy, you, you know, you're at quality there when it's crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crunchy. Um, so he felt bad that we, we paid for a hotel after we were supposed to have a free trip to do this um, or a free stay. So he gave us his, his uh, cabin had like six rooms in it, six, six bedrooms, six bath, uh, a mini pool, um, an outdoor jacuzzi and an arcade room. I was like, geez, <laughs> like, I want to live here. <laughs> I could set up my studio in one of those rooms, you know? Have a little man cave. <laughs> Finally play the video games I want to play separate from the family. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of video games, we're going to move on to today's topic, uh, which is Final Fantasy. Now, we're not going to really delve We're going to talk about all 16 games and the spinoffs. No! Oh, <laughs> God, no. I can't do it. Um, but I will say that this game was released in Japan, uh, December 18th, 1987. And then later on for the Nintendo entertainment system, 
in America in 1990. Um, Final Fantasy, I believe the 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 myth, whether it's real or not, I'm going to call it a myth or legend, is that Square, um, they were down to like ready to cash their chips in and call it a day. Um, and so Final Fantasy was kind of hinting to it being like, this is it. This is our final ditch of the game. If we can't make this work, we're screwed. Um, and they did release it. And like you said, 16 games and spinoffs later are uh, pretty successful. Now, I remember playing this um, originally in 1990. Uh, you weren't even created yet. No. Um, <laughs> I loved the first Final Fantasy. I had the map. I had the booklet. I played that son of a gun to the very end. And that was the only role-playing game I've ever played. Like, I have never gotten into any other role-playing games. I have dabbled in Final Fantasy. I've dabbled in Final Fantasy VII. I've dabbled in Final Fantasy VIII. Um, you know, but I, I understood the concept. I just didn't really get into role-playing games. I I really, I think I need to do is, like, this year I've, I've made a vow to kind of normalize my schedule a little bit and not be so crazy zany. Um, maybe like fit in like two hours a day, not two hours a day. That's too much. One hour a day, uh, devoted to video gaming and not just playing call of duty just to eject my brain into nothingness. Uh, because as I equate, um, and I don't know if you've recognized this first person shooters, especially online, you're just playing a game of tag. Yes. Like that's all you're doing. You're playing tag. You're it. Oh no, you're it. That's, that's all it is. It's all it really is because until the match is done, there's re- really no consequence getting shot. You shoot other people, they shoot you back, back and forth. It's very, I mean, there, there's some like Halo that mixes up a little bit where they have like capture the flag or King of the Hill that kind of mixes it up a little bit. Well, I mean, they all have that, but like <laughs> if you boil it down to brass tacks, you have to tag the other person, they have to tag you, right? Um, you know, so I, I'm cynical like that, and I'm sure there's a lot of gamers out there who'd be like, no, 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 it's much more nuanced. I'm like, yeah, but I'm the kind of guy who does that. Kind of like how I boiled down to like Doctor Who, especially like the Eccleston Tenet era, was all about zombies. And when I say that, like people probably look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, what is 90% of the episodes? There's a legion of mindless drones coming after you, and you have to run away from them. And if they touch you, you more than likely get converted into them. Freaking zombies. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, that's just the cynical prick in me that likes to, like, boil down things. <laughs> uh, but Final Fantasy, um, you you could sort of boil things down to, like, you have a party of four or whatever, and it's magic, it's sometimes science, it's, it's all a little goofy. Each Final Fantasy game itself is usually totally separate from the others like it's a whole new they're world. all separate yeah um, um some of them have their own individual sequels like or or prequels like seven and didn't, didn't 13, 13 and 10. Yeah. Um, yeah but like but what like you said final fantasy 13 and final fantasy 14 have nothing to do with each other's story and character wise right so these games super popular lots of spinoffs <laughs> And eventually, um, they wanted to go into the film industry. Uh, so S- S- Square, back in like 99, 2000. Well, actually, no, it would have been 
probably around the time of the release of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, the, film, the film took four years to produce, so you're, you're about right. So Final Fantasy VII came out in 97, so they probably started production of Spirits Within in 1997 as well. Yeah. So they started this thing in the late 90s. Um, the movie was released in 2001. It's one hour and 46 minutes, which I, I got to be honest with you, when I first originally saw this movie, I thought it was a lot longer than that. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was. When this first came out, I was bored to tears with this movie. I watched this again yesterday in preparation. I've seen this movie many times. I actually, it was kind of a breeze for me this time. Like, I don't know whether I'm just in a different mindset. Uh, this movie, when it came out, was incredibly revolutionary. Um, like I said, four years uh even the main character model her hair which is not realistic like it's not as real as say a full head of hair on a human a regular human being Sixty thousand strands of individual hairs on her freaking head um that had to be animated to move all together in place and everything uh so that's the level of creativity they were they literally like technology for this movie was changing so that by like year three and a half or so, and they're getting ready to end the like put them together the movie. They realized there were a bunch of scenes in the beginning of the movie that sucked and they needed to redo them. <laughs> uh, I, I will say that uh, it's it's definitely a movie of its time too, though, because like there's like if you look at it now, it's like wow, this is kind of primitive. Actually, I've seen better movies on ps4 like for cutscenes but it, it for its time well it's like think about it like in the 90s like what the cutscenes looked like i think this is what they wanted their video games to look like in the future and you know <laughs> you watch cutscenes from final fantasy 13 15 and now 16 they have surpassed spirits within but obviously there's been a ton yeah. of time since then yeah but this was this was pretty <laughs> ahead of its time now I, I think what what seems a little bizarre like this is this movie was a wide release movie like this movie was competing with all the other movies of 2001 that summer you know um and it was expected to be a big action blockbuster film um basically like the tagline is a scientist makes a last day on earth to help a ragtime team of soldiers against an invasion of alien phantoms we're not just talking aliens we're talking ghost aliens yep um so uh directed by huronobu sagaguchi and motonori sakibara sakibara do you know who, who sakaguchi is um that name sounds incredibly familiar so he's um, the he's He's not only the director of this film, he's the creator of the Final Fantasy series. So it's so ironic this... that he saved Square, because you mentioned that earlier, where Final Fantasy basically saved the company from bankruptcy. And then when he directed and wrote Spirits Within, he almost destroyed the company. Yes. Yeah. He, um, yeah. Not that, uh, not that it's, it's his fault, you know. Well, yeah, but spoiler alert. Uh, when this movie bombed, um, Square Pictures closed down <laughs> shortly yeah. after. And uh, Square itself had to merge with Enix and become Square Enix. And nowadays, they're just a horrible dumpster fire of a company releasing projects and killing American projects left and right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marvel's so good, though. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, Square Enix, we can talk about them another time themselves and what a dumpster fire they've become. But uh, So yeah, this movie involves uh, Dr. Aki Ross, who's played by Ming-Na Wen. We love Ming-Na Wen. Yeah, uh, the, ca- the cast in this movie is stacked. It's like I... Oh, didn't... dear God. It's We've like got... when I watched it earlier this week, I was like, I recognize that voice. I, I recognize pretty much everybody in it. It was kind of yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, you, you've got Alec Baldwin as uh, Captain Gray, uh, Gray Edwards. Um, so he's like the me- leading man, him and Ming-Na Wen. Steve Buscemi as Neil. We love Neil. Neil's great. Uh, Ving Rhames as Ryan. Um, love it. Great. Uh, Perry Gilpin as Jane Perry from uh, Frasier fame. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that plays. She plays Roz. Yep. Uh, Donald Sutherland as Doctor Sid. Now it's so funny because it'd been so long since I played Final Fantasy games. I was like, that's name Sid. Boy, that sounds familiar with Final Fantasy. Is yeah. he a character from? Yeah. So Sid is in every, in every single game. game. That's that's another thing they carry over to every series, uh, along with like chocobos and some terms. That's pretty much it yeah so sid is a name passed down uh james woods as the most evil character model ever you just look at his eyebrows and you're like that prick is evil (laughs) but the thing is and we can talk about this later i kind of understand some of his points because he's just kind of doing what he thinks is best yeah yeah no he, he he is the type of villain who definitely he's like a marvel villain marvel villains always have that like but i think i'm right they always have that moral center in their head, at least in their heads. Like they're like doing the right thing. They're not just evil for evil's sake. Uh, you know, Magneto is fighting oppression, that sort of thing. Um, but Hein Hein is very close-minded. But he he they really modeled his character to be like, yeah, you know, this is the bad guy. He is one hundred percent the guy who's gonna cause all the problems. Uh, and Keith David as one of the council members, the older council members. Now I don't really. There's there's a bunch of other actors in here, of course. Um, all great people, sure. Great people, great people. They're all great people. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Um, but yeah, so the story basically is that an asteroid hits the Earth, and it unleashes these things called phantoms. And the phantoms are running amok, and they've caused pretty much an apocalypse. They've 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 screwed the Earth. And humans, the last bastion of humans have to live in these bubble cities that are protected by uh, shields, these energy shields that um, the phantoms can't get into. But there are uh, two doctors, Dr. Sid and Dr. Ross, <laughs> have a theory that if they combine the eight spirits of Gaia, <laughs> um, the Earth spirit itself, they can combat this phenomenon and uh, undo all the damage that's been done. And basically Dr. Ross gets help from this uh, group of highly trained soldiers led by her ex-boyfriend played by Alec Baldwin. And so they have to go out and find all these little spirits while General Hind wants to just, he wants to take a giant space cannon called the Zeus cannon and just blast a hole in that meteor and cause all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, he wants to take the the quote unquote quick route to solving the problem, uh, and not something that could 
I, I guess be beneficial for everybody? Well, you know, I mean, it's that it's that typical military solution of like, why can't I just blast it? Right. You know, um, and and we find out later that his family was killed by a bunch of spirits. So he obviously has a personal stake in it, too, uh, which yeah. I like because it makes him more relatable as a villain. Yeah, um, it, it, he's definitely that that kind of character. Now, I. One thing about this movie, at the time of its release, when they talked about Final Fantasy becoming a movie, you, you got to realize that there were like two types of Final Fantasy in the fans' heads and in general audience heads. There's that NES where it's like four, you know, a wizard, a thief, uh, a, a healer, a barbarian, or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, basic dungeon crawler, fighting monsters kind of vibe. And then there was the Final Fantasy VII, where it's this weird epic storyline, cyberpunk, but also magic kind of vibe. Yes, both seven and eight, which came out around the same time as this movie, or at least were made during the same time, uh, are both very steampunky. Yeah, this movie, it, 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 its design and look makes you feel like you're watching like Aliens or something. Um, granted they talk about spirits and Gaia. So it's this weird metaphysical stuff. And for the longest time in my head, and I still, I get a little turned off by, um, Japanese, uh, sci-fi because it gets really metaphysical, like mumbo jumbo, uh, kind of stuff <clears throat> in their writings. They really do. Like it's, it's, it's always in there that it's like, okay you know, you've got these ghost spirits and you're using technology to align the ghost spirits. What the hell is that? You know what I mean? Um, this movie, I, I have to say, was probably a, a huge turnoff for Final Fantasy fans at the time. Well, yeah, because um, there's basically no connections other than Sid and it's, writ it's written and directed by the creator and I guess you could argue it's got some similar story beats, like basic story beats to Final Fantasy VII. Like there's the meteor and the crater. There's the spirits of the earth, and we have to use it to, to defend ourselves. Stuff like right. that. There's that. There's that whole idea of a corporation or a government using technology from the thing that's going to kill them or whatever to power stuff. <clears throat> um, that's that's a reoccurring theme in a lot of Final Fantasy uh, storylines. But it's like there's no swords or or like stuff because like even the like seven and eight and fifteen they have like uh, science fiction elements. They still have characters that fight with swords, which granted sometimes might not make any sense, but that's just kind of how it is. Right. Um, it's very. Yeah, it's it's so tonally different from what we expected at the time that even I like I I bought the DVD when it came out. I watched it. Um, like I said, I I found it very long and tedious as a kid, or or as a twenty something or whatever. But now I, I don't mind it at all. Like I I really actually kind of find it entertaining. I think visually it still holds up pretty there's there's some things like number one um the eyes the eyes don't carry the emotion they don't like you don't get those like 
everybody's eyes are very glassy in the real world. Things reflect off your eyes. Little pinpricks of light hit. You don't see that in the character models. So, like, their mouths move and everything, but their full expression is a little dull. Some character models get a little bit more expressive, like Dr. Sid himself. I think that has more to do with this texture mapping, kind of, like, giving him more, you know, to deal with. But uh, the eyes are kind of... Um, they, they could use some work. And the other thing is um, there was a, there was kind of a thing with CG character models back in the late nineties, early two thousands, where everybody had monkey arms. Like, and I don't, I really don't know how to describe it better than that because it feels, they feel lanky and weighted like weird, like how they control themselves. It almost makes you feel like they're all wearing like Hulk hands at the end of their arms. Cause it just, just feels bulky. So no matter how much mocap you use or whatever, it still just feels very weird and stilted to me. What format did you watch the movie on? Uh, I, I mean, I watched it in HD uh, through Amazon Prime. Okay. I was curious. I, was curious. I, I, I watched it in HD and then I watched it again in 4K and both looked incredible. Uh, the last time I'd seen it was my DVD copy. Uh, and then I bought it on 4K. And I hadn't watched it until you and I started talking about watching the movie and talking about it. And I was really impressed with how well a lot of it still holds up for the most part. Yeah. Uh, it, like I said, the things I'm mentioning, those are those were programming things back then. Those were things like they were still learning how to do that. Yeah, like um, this was the first movie to ever have CGI characters that were quote unquote real. Well, well, yeah, like they were at the time, everybody was so um, everybody was so fascinated by how advanced these CG models that even um, trying to think here, was it Maxim? Uh, I think it was Maxim uh, listed um, Dr. Ross as one of the um, girls of the year kind of deal. Um yeah, Maxim Magazine. She was featured in a cover of Hot 100. <laughs> she was the only non-existent person to make the list. Yes. She beat Betty Boop. God damn it. But yeah, um, it, it's it's still like, technically speaking, it's still up there. It's not like, like, for example, when I watched the first Toy Story, I kind of cringe now. Like, I, I'm Toy Story came out, I was old enough to be like, okay, this looks like crap as a kid, because I'm like, man, I hated CG at the time. It was really basic. Um, so I've never had that heartfelt... Like Now, my kids, they freaking love Toy Story. Like, my eldest is oh, yeah. obsessed with Toy Story. Kids don't care about stuff like that. <laughs> I, I did. as a, Even as a young kid, I was very critical. I was more of an uber nerd than I am now. I'm mellower now. Because, like, I'll watch Toy Story now, and I'll be like, it's fine. It's it's badly animated, but... But the story the, time, the story and the characters are what keep you watching it. Right. But as a kid, though, I was a little prick. I was like, man, this looks like shit. <laughs> as a young person, I was like... Like, even, even as a little kid, when I would watch... Like, I was always obsessed with the idea that, like, why does the filmation He-Man look like garbage compared to my toys? Like, <laughs> even as a kid, I was like that. I was like, damn, this looks horrible. Um, <laughs> I still was a fan, but there was always a part of me 
like transformer character models. I'm like, why do they transformers look so cool in the cartoon, but then look like blocks when I play with them? Like, you know, that that's why I like new transformers. And that's why old, like old school dudes are like, ah, transformers, they suck. They look horrible. I'm like, they look fantastic. What are you talking about? Um, that's me though. That's, that's me in a nutshell. But with like final fantasy, uh, this movie, um, I, I still think you can watch it now and not be like, oh, wow, that's horrible. The, the nitpicks that I put out, they're just that. They are nitpicks. Um, the one the one thing I do love, like the music by Elliot Goldenthal. Um, he did uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and he did uh, Alien 3 and Interview with a Vampire just off the top of my head. Um, now, I will say this. If you hear an Elliot Goldenthal uh, theme you you've heard it a million times he he does have a very specific sound if you go back and watch this movie let's say you watch alien 3 um tonight go back and watch this movie you're like oh yeah yeah it's the same score <laughs> <clears throat> um he does have a tendency to be repetitive but it is good like he's repetitive but he's good um so he he definitely gives it an epic feel um, especially when you're looking at like the outer space shots from like the Zeus cannon firing and everything. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty badass. But, uh, yeah. Um, what, what other, you, you have any little, uh, tidbits before we move on to the next film? Uh, so, um, obviously we stated that this was a box office failure and they spent a shit ton of money on it. Uh, it was 137 million, which is a lot of money in the 90s. To put it in perspective, Titanic costs about 180 million. Uh, they made 85 million dollars at the box office, and so uh, that's that's not good. No, um, I think for me the film is fine. Uh, it's it's weird. It's probably from a movie standpoint. It's probably the best out of the three Final Fantasy movies that I've seen, but I might prefer some of the others because because they've got characters I recognize and I like, even though they those have more story and uh, continuity problems, I guess. But Spirits Within is easier to follow. Like you can watch Spirits Within without any playing any of the games. Whereas, like, if you watched Advent Children without playing seven or Kingsglaive without playing fifteen, you'd be pretty much completely lost. I would think. Um, yeah, I don't know. You'll you'll have to tell me because I know we're getting ready to talk about Advent Children. I don't know how familiar with you are with seven. Um, it's one of my favorite games, so I I like to think I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I. I did not play all of Final Fantasy VII, but I was aware of the character beats, so it was kind of easy for me to follow along. But I was, I am going to make that point that, like, yeah, it's definitely for Final Fantasy fans. And even, like, in the intro of the movie, they're like, this is dedicated to those who live, you know, and, and friends and everything. It was basically they were saying this is a heartfelt letter to the fans. Um, but, yeah, with this, with this first movie... Um, one of the things I found was kind of fascinating that I didn't realize it was happening at the time. Um, a lot of actors kind of lost their shit over um, the CG at the time. They thought that this was going to be the thing 
that was going to make them obsolete. Like sort of Tom like Hanks what was, we're doing Tom, with AI right now. Yeah, that, I find that ironic that you and I were watching this. Like right now, I'm like, oh yeah, well that's kind of funny. Um, Tom Hanks even quoted he was very troubled by it. Um, the original actor for Gray, when he saw what they were doing with his character model, he said, "Screw this, I'm out. You're digitizing me. I don't want to be part of it." And then uh, they had to replace him with Alec Baldwin. Um, so, yeah, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon was originally going to be the lead. And but he basically said that Square was trying to put actors out of business. It's it's crazy that you can that. Well, I think that this was also a preview to what games were going to do probably after 2010. But especially now with games like Death Stranding, uh, like if you watch a cut scene from Death Stranding, that they did such a good job of recreating a digital version of, of Norman Reedus and other right. actors that portray the characters. It's absolutely incredible. Well, and, and there's been legal trouble before, um, like the main actor, GTA five suing them for like, I'm like, he basically he's in the game. It is him. And rockstar was kind of like, Nope, we ain't paying you. <laughs> so it's like, okay, there are definitely, there've definitely been some issues even prior to this year with AI. It's just AI is AI is making it that step closer to just ripping people off altogether um yeah but it is kind of funny how back in 2001 there were people crying about 20 23 years earlier um people were worried that this is this is where it was going so here we are um but yeah it's 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 definitely a fascinating production i feel like every once in a while you know hollywood and games and stuff like that they there has to be someone who takes that step and usually the first step is always a misfire it's never really right out the gate. Like, this is perfect. I love it, you know? <clears throat> and this was definitely, um, this is definitely one of those ones that uh, it was, it was very, very much like, okay, this, this didn't work. Um, I can't recall in the back of my head, whether or not, like when I saw the trailer for this movie, um, that I was going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be blown. I have to see this movie. Um, I was automatically impressed with the visuals. The poster, it's got one of my favorite posters with her, with uh, Aki Ross standing on the, the water and you see yeah. like her reflection. Yeah, that was definitely the money shot for that film because that was in everything. That was in all the promotional item, the trailer and everything. They're like, people are going to get blown away by the ripple effect. I'm like, yeah, we were, but not by the actual story itself. Um, I think my favorite uh, thing I remember from the DVD was like there's like a blooper reel where they like dance the thriller. Yep, I watched that last night. Um, or um, there's a part where they wreck the car. And... Oh, oh, and if you go on eBay and if you can find the collector's edition, the collector's edition comes with a poster of Aki Ross in a bikini, you know, something that she clearly never wore in the film. <laughs> yeah, which is probably for that Maxim Hot 100 thing. Um, but yeah, in the blooper shot, like they're they're in a wreck, and I think it's Gray's character or Ving, or either Alec Baldwin's character or um, Ving Rhames' character gets up, and they're like a muffler is stuck through his head or something. <laughs> so that was fun. Got a little bloopers, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Spirits Within bombed, and Square shut down their they retired their studio um, at the time. Um. But then, of course, uh, Square and Enix formed together 
<clears throat> two years later. But then um, back in 2005 or 2000, I think it was like 2005, 2006 for us. Uh, we get Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, or the original um, title, Fainoru Fantuji Sibun Abun Ado Bento Chirudun. My Japanese is horrible, sorry. <laughs> I'm not making fun of them. Don't be like, oh, you're No, I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to get that mouthful out. <coughs> um, tagline, an ex-mercenary is forced out of isolation when three mysterious men kidnap and brainwash the city's children afflicted with geostigma disease. Um, the directors were Tetsuya Nomura, Takeshi Nozu. Um, always two directors there. I don't know, but uh, trying to think the um, and of course this IMDb just has the Japanese voices. I don't know the American ones. I remember seeing this with the English dub, but when I rented it yesterday, uh, the only options I had were Japanese. <laughs> There were two versions. Each one of them was Japanese only. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Amazon. Because <laughs> I wanted to just play in the background. Because I watched, like, for a guy who never finished Final Fantasy VII, I freaking love this movie. Like, I don't know what oh, you it do. is. I, I love it. Interesting. Um, I mean, I like it, too. Uh, I've only watched it twice. But I, I would definitely be up for reading it again because I mean I love Final Fantasy VII. I mean, for crying out loud, I named my cat Cloud. Yeah. So basically, um, let's backtrack a little bit to Final Fantasy VII. So Final Fantasy VII came out in '97. Um, developed for Square for the PlayStation console, two disker. Uh. Um, basically. Cloud is your protagonist. He gets a ragtag group of individuals and they're battling what the Shinra Corporation? Yes. Um, with like, it's like an energy source that's kind of choking the life out of the world, right? Um, it's basically like BP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, Sephiroth is this dude, he's the one-winged angel who wants to dish, like wound the planet and be reborn. He's a very um, complicated character. There's a lot of reasons he wants to do that. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of layers going on. And that's one of the things is like, I love this movie, but I completely could see why it was released to just to home video and not to the movies. Because, you know, they made a Final Fantasy movie that had no connection to the video games and it bombed. This movie is such a direct, you know, it is a direct sequel to Seven. No way the general audience is going to be like, what is with this tiger? What's with this cringer looking mofo and this Scottish talking cat? Um, and big, big black Mr. T ripoff with his Gatling gun arm and all this crazy uh, shit. It kills me that they've never gotten, like, hired the real Mr. T to voice Barrett in either the movies or any of the following games slash remakes. What I it's thought was like, really, come on. What I thought was really funny was, like, I remember the American release. Like, I have it on DVD somewhere in my collection. I don't know where. I never traded in, but it's probably in storage. Uh, so that's why I rented it. I was like, I'm not going to dig. Um, but... Uh, I remember the American voice not really sounding like Mr. T, but just sound like a gruff, you know, Japanese black stereotype. So, yeah, like if the Japanese guys, this is how a black guy talks. 
But like I was listening to the Japanese thing, I'm like, oh, that Japanese dude is literally trying to do a Mr. T impersonation when he's talking. Yeah, well, it's like um, when I played Seven for the first time in 2019, <laughs> um, I uh, I I just when I pictured the vo- voice of the characters, like I, I was just like he his cadence, just the way he speaks through text reminds me of Mr. T. So I just pictured Mr. T's voice in my head when I would read his stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty obviously him. But, uh, you know, you got these group of kids uh, fighting this corporation, trying to stop Sethroth. And one of the biggest things about Final Fantasy VII is this is like the first game that made gamers cry. Um, yep, same. Sethroth, I even knew that the twist was coming and I still cried. Yeah, Sethroth kills one of your members. Like, this is revolutionary at the time. Uh, so like, well, yeah, hold up, real, real quick. So, if anybody's listening, uh, I think we could, you and I could both recommend playing Seven. And if you don't want to know the spoiler, uh, maybe check out. <laughs> you're you're gonna do a spoiler alert on a game that's over thirty years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, I I always try to respect spoilers, no, because my sister watched Psycho for the first time and she didn't know the twist. What? Both both of them. She didn't know either of them. So, huh? yeah. Well, she doesn't oh, know wow. move. She doesn't know movies, so you know. Yeah, you know Norman Bates is a killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his mother. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, you know, so th- this is the first time like a party member dies and you don't get them back. You could always revive your characters or whatnot, but she dies via cutscene and she's gone. Well, it's not just like any character. Eris is like the mother of the group. She's the one that all the party members love. Um, and for me, I know like people, you know, sit in either cloud uh, for cloud, either Camp Tifa or Camp Aerith. But really, I think Aerith is more of a motherly figure. And I, I have no doubt that he loves her, but I don't think he's in love with her other than the remaining uh, stuff from Zach, her first boyfriend. But um, I think Aerith's death is so impactful in the game. And then, of course, her appearance in this film uh, when she joins the live stream is really impactful. Her death is so important. Like uh, It's something I'm hoping that they don't change with part two of the remake because I think because I think it would be a mistake to quote unquote save her. Because I mean, she has to die in order to deflect the meteor away from the planet. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're gonna. I, I think they're obviously gonna. That that is definitely the the money moment for that game. You know, I don't know if you can use a phrase like that. Like it is the moment that like damaged players but also like probably hooked players too like that that whole impactful scene like okay games can be something serious as well um but yeah this this game incredibly popular people were clamoring for sequels to this game for years clamoring for you know all that stuff so by um 2005 you know they're like release a movie and it is 
like I say, it, it is a love letter to people who played that game. Um, it is definitely, I would say, like, you know, you, people talk about Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens as being like nostalgia bait. Yeah. You no, know, like, member berry. This is pure nostalgia bait. Like, you, yeah. It's definitely like, hey, remember that cat? Remember th- those characters, this tribe of people? Remember this character? Now, here, this character shows up, and this character that's, shows that's up. That's both its strengths and its weaknesses, I think, for me personally. Uh, uh-huh. Like, I, I mean, as much as I love seeing the band back together, some of it felt kind of unnecessary. It, I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of like the cat, like, so like when Godzilla 98 came out, Toho was so offended by how shitty it was and how American it was, they went and made Godzilla 2000 or 99. It, this feels like this is the exact opposite of uh, Spirits Within. Yeah. Where it's like, we need to really push it in your face. Like, this is Final Fantasy 7. Um, you know, like... it. Apparently there was a tagline in the Japanese media. Is it the is this the pain you felt before Cloud? As in, like, remember the game? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but it's still great. And again, I'm, I, you know, I'm moved by music. And I will say, like, the music for this movie. Um, let's see who composed the music. They always bury that. And I hate that. There are like four different people. Kenichiro Fukai, Fukui. Nobuo uh, uh, Umatsu, who I believe composed yes. the music for the Final Fantasy VII game and a lot in most of the first ten games, I believe. Okay, so he does all the character beats, like the piano and stuff. They're like, okay, this is from the game. I know this is from the game. Right, like and the one-winged angel theme or yeah, cloud the Seth theme, Roth theme, theme. theme. Yeah. Which is such a banger (laughs) it's i mean when like you know when that reappears in the the movie like i was like like i said i hadn't played it in a while and i didn't finish it everything but i like stood up like over on my couch i'm like holy shit (laughs) yes i mean i think it's i think it's the video game equivalent of darth vader's theme i think Sephiroth yes. is the Darth Vader of video games, not just a Final Fantasy, but I think he might be the greatest video game uh, villain ever because he's so complex. Yeah. <clears throat> and cool. So, yeah, so the movie takes place a couple years after the game and Cloud is just wandering around all mopey. Um, he's got this thing called Geostigma. All the kids in the town are getting Geostigma. Everybody's dying and he's being a mopey little bitch like most Japanese anime characters. Do you, I want to get this out of the way real quick. Did, did you laugh at the name of this disease? Do you think it's a little on the nose? Geostigma? Yeah, it's like, um, really, we couldn't I, come up with something else? I, I mean, here's the thing. Japanese naming like practices are freaking horrible in my opinion. Oh, I agree, because I mean, the, the, the meteor in Final Fantasy VII is literally just called meteor. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, like, you look like, like, I, I say this because as a huge Transformer fan, when I was exposed to Japanese anime of Transformers, I was super psyched. I was like, oh my God, there's more cartoons. I can't believe there's all this extra stuff, all this media. Like in the 90s, I was like getting so psyched. And then I got like bootlegs 
of the shows and I started watching them and like the writing in this sounds like a five-year-old wrote this. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not like, I know there's complex Japanese media and anime and stuff like that, but the translation for half the stuff just, it just sounds. Yeah. And that could be part of the issue too, as a translation, but just like, I, I hate that. I like laugh a little bit when they're like, don't worry, we'll cure you of the stigma. And I'm just like, Oh no. Cure you of the stigma. I'll cure you of the stigma. I, I mean, this is the same culture that said that Transformer Breastmasters. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? Breastmasters? I would watch you, that I, show. Everybody knows that means boobs in any culture, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, like I said, it's like I think it's it's it makes it worse because it's it's spoken, whereas like in the original seven with meteor it's just written so it's like well, the character doesn't just say meteor is coming yeah but you know even, even cloud his, the group he belonged to soldier really? yeah 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 no you're totally right i completely agree i just think that it's 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 just yeah. it's definitely noticeable yeah and, and i love that he's like a delivery boy now like he's like, I have a delivery service. That's my new job. But he doesn't how, deliver anything. How do you feel about Cloud kind of regressing after the end of Seven? Um, again, it's nostalgia bait. It's like let's reset the clock a little bit, you know. Well, my thing is, I know it's a it's a common criticism of fans, and I was like, well, people in real life regress too. It's like you have good days and bad days, and I know that people don't like to have their heroes dissected, aka Luke Skywalker. But, right. you know, it's just like there are people that, you know, have problems like with alcoholism or whatever you want to pick. And, you know, they might be off the off the wagon for uh, five years and then get right back on the, the on year six. Um, traumas is something that is very difficult to live with. Right. It's just. The the. The stereotype of like, oh, I'm a loner. Oh, I'm suffering from this ennui. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, he, he gets a call from the, the guy who runs the, the, the bad guy um, corporation, uh, Shinra or whatever. And he's like, yo, I need help um, being attacked by these psychopaths who have connections to several yeah, they're, um, I believe they're clones. They're leftover clones. Yeah, and it, it is one of those things like, okay, I don't really know all the things. Like I said, I didn't play the full game. I just know some of the beats. So I'm kind of like, all right, so clearly they're like Sephiroth. So yeah, they're connected. Yeah. And, you know, they're always fighting. They, they start attacking Cloud. Basically, in this movie, there's all these beats where the three, the three characters... Um, what the hell are their names? Uh, Kadaj. Uh, I can't remember the other guys. They don't give me the damn pictures. Yeah, the villains were kind of emo too. So yeah, but they're they're super emo. They're technically related, so I guess it makes sense. Because uh, I mean, Sephiroth and a lot of the members of advanced members of Soldier were created by Genova, which is an alien being. Uh, right. And, that's and the, these guys want to reunite with Mother Genova, right? And that's that's what they refer to as is Genova's mother, and I I believe Seth Sephiroth even calls her mother in the game as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, so Cloud 
in them were all created using Genova cells as well. Yeah, so they're all connected. They call Cloud Brother. They're looking for Mother. And most of the movie is just beat for beat. The three brothers, the three clones, attack Cloud, and they keep trying to find Mother. Um, and so Cloud, you know, through his little journey, keeps reconnecting with, like, past members of the, the crew um, from your party from back in the day when you played Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation. Um and uh, eventually they they reach the head of Shinra and um, they get a hold of Mother. Apparently Mother is green juice in a box now. She's been reduced to that. Um, and, uh, you know, they have this really badass fight. Now, one of the things, you know, for, for people who, like, don't understand Final Fantasy, uh, in Final Fantasy, you fight beasts. Beasts are summoned. You can summon beasts yourself. Like, yes. um you can summon a behemoth, you know, whatever, um, a Cerberus monster, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, so throughout the movie, the bad guys like summon these beasts and Cloud, who's upgraded his sword now to make all these other sword parts, which was really cool, um, out of his out of his Akira bike. Um, you know, has to keep fighting them and contending with them. And uh, by the end, they, they summon the, the giant behemoth or whatever they call it thing. And uh, they have to fight it. And there's this incredible um, physics-defying scene of all the party members flinging Cloud, including Aerith, as a spirit grabs him and lunges him towards this monster. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. With the music just building and building and building and building and building. And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> this makes no sense, but it looks so freaking cool! I mean, that's Final <laughs> Fantasy in a nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like in the games you'll get hit with a meteor and your party survives. Like, how the hell did we survive that? Yeah, um, and that's the thing. It's like you really, if you watch this movie and you are not a fan of Final Fantasy, you need to check your brain at the door and just enjoy what's going on. Like these guys defy gravity. Like there's scenes where the clones are jumping off their bikes, flipping around, shooting their guns, flinging their bikes, somehow landing on the bike. Um, <laughs> You know, like all this crazy stuff going on. Like Cloud with his incredibly gigantic sword that is impossible to hold that breaks up into like seven other different swords and his bike can like reload them like a gun. Uh, gun swords themselves, you know, um, a great Final Fantasy um, plot device, gun swords. Yeah, I mean, the Buster Sword is obviously iconic. I think even if you don't know the series, you recognize the sword somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this whole sequence super fun. Um, I, I love that, like when uh, like the the music is building, it's like all these playing all these woodwinds are getting all tense, and then it cuts to Aerith shows up, and it's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then she throws them, and it's like right back into the music, <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> uh, and of course, Cloud like runs his sword through the thing, and it blows up he lands all the swords land around him you know um and that's not even the end because like you know uh kadaj is talking to the head of shinra and the dude was pretending to be like all maimed and crap but he's actually okay yeah he got blown up in the game like he was in a uh a giant he's in one of the towers that got blown up right but he's okay 
uh, because he stands up and it turns out he was holding mother in a box all along. And he's like, a good son would have known where mother was. I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, and then they do this thing where they're jumping out of the building and, and the, the Shinra Corp dude is shooting at Kadaj while Kadaj is trying to grab the thing. <laughs> and then um, the Shinra guy's bumbling. Uh, well, not, not the bumbling guys who, who help him out. Um, but uh, the other two assistants help him out. Well, the bumbling idiots try to fight the clones and everything. I love those two bumbling idiots. I thought they were hilarious. Um. The, the, then there's a bike chase for Christ's sakes. I'm like this movie has like 45 endings and I love it. I'm here for it all. Um, bike chase goes out up on a building, and um, Kadaj merges with the mother juices, and it becomes Setheroth. <laughs> I love the transition because if I remember right. Uh, their swords cloud, uh, cloud. Their swords clash, and uh, that's when the transition to Sephiroth happens. Like it's it's a really cool transition in the middle of an action scene. Yeah, as soon as the swords hit, it just kind of flashes, and Sephiroth grows out like his sword and everything grows out from Kadaj, and Cloud's like, ah shit, <laughs> and then the music builds, and you know it's like. Uh... You know, it, it just it starts it starts going into the Sethroth theme, and Sethroth is like, "Oh, you know, have you missed me, Cloud?" Oh, and he starts like taunting him while he's fighting him. He's like, "Oh, I see you got that stigma. How's that working out for you, pal?" And um, you know, he's saying stuff like, "I plan on making you miserable. I'm gonna take away everything that you care about. What do you care about the most? I'm gonna take it away." Um, you know, and Cloud just keeps fighting. And, uh, you know, at that point, he's like, you don't understand. I care, I, I care about everything. And the, the sword breaks up into seven parts. I'm like, oh, that is totally like your final move in the game. <laughs> when you launch your final wave attack. Yeah. And uh, he slices through him. So, so <clears throat> anime, so Dragon Ball Z of it all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Sethroth breaks out that one wing. And uh, something about... Uh, Cloud goes, stay in my memories where you belong. And Sephiroth is like, I will never be a memory. Which I think he's trying to say is like, I'm more than that. I'll always haunt you or whatever. I'm like that kind of thing. But I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he disappears. Um, and it was so funny because yesterday when that happened, I totally forgot there's more to it. So I was like, I got stuff to do. I know there's like a happy ending. And I I shut I shut it off. Well, today I turned it on. I'm like, why is there so much more left to the movie? I press play, and the uh, the uh, like after Kadaj dies, which you know, there's this heartfelt moment. Um, the other two clones, the one shoots Cloud, and it makes it look like Cloud's gonna die. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <clears throat> um. So there's even more ending to it, you know. And of course, it's Cloud, so he's fine. <laughs> He fights the other two, and then they, they disappear as well. Um, and then we get to, like, everybody's okay. It's all right. And that's where it's kind of like the nostalgia bait of it all, because, like, besides killing Sethroth again, um, you know, the only other people who die are the clones. It's not like they kill off any other main characters. So it is it is very much like, um, you know, just, just a warm little, like, like a love letter to the fans. Like, hey, remember this? Isn't this cool? This is cool. Um, 
what what did you think of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children? Uh, well, real quick about the ending. I really uh-huh. love the shot where Cloud kind of gets up out of the pool after he's healed, and he sees Aerith um, kind of near the entrance of the church, uh, handing a flower to a child, and then she walks out the door with Zack into like a bright light. Uh, I really love that visual. okay yeah i mean yeah there was definitely some good visuals and the funny thing is the guys who made this movie they had no clue how to make a movie they literally just used like in-game engine like movie knowledge they're like okay well now to do cutscenes, we'll just make it one big long cutscene. um yeah which is interesting because uh the director uh tetsuya namura is directing the current line of the final fantasy 7 remakes which i guess makes sense um as i even though they hired i've not played the remake yet but i've seen bits and pieces of it and it's crazy that even though they've hired different voice actors they sound very similar to their advent children counterparts um i think as a sequel to seven it's it's good. I don't know if it's necessary because the end of seven is kind of open ended. Um, like I mean, the game cuts off right as meteors about to hit, and the shield goes up, and you don't know. We don't know if our characters survive. There's only the after credit scene that shows animals kind of overlooking the ruins of uh, of Midgar, and right, we don't is... we don't we don't know if that's. 10 days after the after the events or could be uh, a thousand years we we don't know um, yeah well i believe that like if you watch this movie that's the opening credit sequence right is the end credit sequence and then it flashes back and i think it even said like 46 years later or earlier <coughs> or something like that so yeah it, it, it's not too long before the whole world gets screwed but it's not this that actually causes it so uh, yeah. some other cataclysmic event I think it's as a, as a fan, I'm not like one of those people that like worries too much about canon uh, or who decides what's canon, what's not. If I didn't like the movie, it, it wouldn't have ruined the game for me because the game is so incredible. But I did end up liking it. Um, I think again, Spirits Within is probably technically a better movie because it's got less uh, oh story beat problems, um, but advent children is better character wise um well yeah and i will say from an art standpoint um it's definitely cruder than spirits within like watching it on hd uh today like i noticed like okay these look like cutscene models yes they were definitely the budget was definitely a lot smaller which makes sense but the expressiveness of the characters was better because obviously it was like a couple years later it's it's one of those you know credit to technology and how like each um there's a phrase that i've heard before with ai like today's ai is the worst it will or is 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 the worst it'll be yet or something like basically referring to like it's going to keep getting better um this movie also has more of an anime style whereas spirits within was striving for reality yeah um so this one definitely is like look we want to keep the same stylistic of of seven so we're, we're not going to try and make it the most advanced looking thing in the world. It's just going to look really slick. 
Um, like I said, today, like I could see clouds like pixelated hair. Whereas if I watch Spirits Within, the hair looks natural. Yeah. Like, it looks normal. It's just like not as natural as like a, a movie today would have more natural hair, but pretty damn natural compared to what is in Advent Children. And like I said, these guys didn't know how to make an actual movie. They only, you know, they're basically just using their knowledge of what happens in a video game, in-game movie stuff. And nowadays, like, but at the time when this movie came out in 2005, it was still pretty special. Um, I was super psyched whenever the DVD came out. I was looking forward to it because I, I, like I said, I had kind of grown out of Final Fantasy, but the trailer looked really amazing. Um, nowadays, freaking Resident Evil has a animated movie every two weeks yeah <laughs> and i'm sure it was cool in 2005 to see the characters presented in this way because i mean the playstation one could obviously only do so much i mean sure it had cool cutscenes, but during the game you'd have popeye arms yes popeye arms definitely. <laughs> um, um but, but obviously the action in this movie is really cool um, as much as I love the final fight between Cloud and Sephiroth, I think my favorite action scene is probably the church fight with Tifa and one of the clones. With the piano playing? Yeah, it's um, it's actually really well choreographed and a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, like I said, that the fast piano they play, it's very simple, but it works really well. And, and, and the thing is, like, I breezed through it yesterday because I was like, I don't have time to sit down and read subtitles. I got stuff to do. Um, I wanted to rent it in English so I could keep it on the background and listen. Um, I played it again today, and it's just like the music is such a great companion to all the scenes and everything. So it it, it definitely was a vibe. And it's also kind of telltale how good this movie is because I remember these scenes. Like even the stuff I kind of passed through and you're mentioning right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I watched it. I remember that. It's great. Um, the version I rented was the complete version. I didn't realize they made a director's cut. Um, and they're... I really don't recall like like to me this almost looked exactly the same like I don't know what's really extra um, as far as I know there's only one scene where like Sethroth impales Cloud um, with Massimune his his blade yeah there's more blood in the director's cut uh, like when Cloud's on the roof and he's like coughing up blood and bleeding from yeah. several orifices which is hilarious because this was direct to video this was not a major motion picture release here in America so I'm like why did you edit something that i've seen way worse in direct video at that time so but whatever um yeah i i really i love this movie um if you're not aware final fantasy 7 all that kind of stuff i i i want to recommend it to you but i'll also understand if you're like like i would not recommend this to ruth ruth already is not a huge fan of sci-fi and, and genre picks and if i said yeah check out this this movie where you have to play or at least know a video game from 30 plus years ago, she would tell me to go F off. (laughs) (coughs) Um, What? Yeah. I just realized. Yeah. Like, like, like for example, Aerith not mentioned once in the dialogue, like her name, like did she just, she speaks and, or people react to her like presence but they don't like say, hey, this is Aerith. Remember when she, you know, took care of us? It was a shame that, uh, you know, Seth Roth killed her. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's really bad when you when you have a character who plays kind of like, you know, she's the Obi-Wan Kenobi of it all. 
and you don't really know who she is. So there is that. Um, yeah, so it, it's definitely uh, one for the hardcore guys and one for people who are willing to let a lot of crap slide. Um, do you got any final thoughts on Final Fantasy VII Advent Children? Um, if you're a fan that was hesitant to watch it because you were afraid it would ruin the end of the game, uh, I would still give it a chance. And if you don't like it, that that's fine. Uh, like I said, I'm not somebody that worries about canon. If I don't like something, I can put it in a box and forget about it. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it ruins anything about the original game in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a I, gift for the fans. I, I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. I, um, like I was reading up here, the, the creator, the director, he was originally, this was only going to be like the cutscene, the scene where um, cloud is getting phone calls on his bike. That is actually like the end credit sequence. He's like driving around the beach side, um, cliffside and all that stuff. But then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh, until it became a full-fledged movie. So that, you know, that's another reason why, like, why does this movie look like a cutscene? Well, because it was kind of just that, like, and then it just grew from there. Yeah. Um... Um, for an afterthought, it's a pretty damn clever afterthought. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> <laughs> now, the the third Final Fantasy movie that I I have not finished. Okay, I just rented it yesterday. I was gonna watch. I ran out of time. I've only watched a couple minutes of it. Kingsglaive Final Fantasy is it fifteen or fourteen? It's fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, yeah. Um, came out in two thousand sixteen. It stars Aaron Paul, Lena Headey, and Sean Bean. This movie looks like it's it's like I think they were trying to take Spirits Within with the hyper realistic vibe with that, you know, with modern technology and throw in a final fan like 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 what if we did Spirits Within, but it was like based on one of our games um of the time. So Final Fantasy 15 is technically or Final Fantasy Fifteen uh, Kingslave is a gorgeous looking film. Just from the just from the fifteen minutes or so that I've watched, just from the trailer footage I'm looking at right now, <clears throat> God, does this look like real? Yeah, only- I would say that it's probably definitely above Spirits Within and uh oh, Advent Children as far as just visuals purely. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the culmination of all the technology that they've, you know, all the things, the learning process, all that kind of stuff. I can see it. I really can. Like, it's it's a beautiful looking film. And I haven't even finished it yet, but I can already say it's a beautiful looking film. That being said, my, my first criticism that I'm seeing so far is that the main characters, everybody all wears black leather. And it just, like, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's drab. Um, I really wish there was some flourish in some of the character designs, but 
you know, it, it definitely, you, you know, there's, there's beasts that are summoned, there's magic users. At the same time, there are people driving around in like SUVs. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I'm about eight hours into Final Fantasy 15. I'm playing through it for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, and all the, all the, the four main party members all wear black leather. And you can change their outfits and stuff, but that's their default outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that that'd be my biggest complaint so far is that they're a little too realistic to be that drab. Um, and, and and unfortunately, you know, games, modern games, they kind of suffer that vibe, especially you know Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PS4, Xbox One era of like making sure everything is hyper detailed. So it all kind of like blurs together. Um, it doesn't, it, you know, you know, your, your eyes sort of focus on, can't really focus on anything. Cause it all just looks too damn good. Like I'm looking at a trailer right now where the character is like looking at a car that just pulled over him by a street scene. And it, it, if I was sitting at my couch, I'd think it was like live action footage um, and not a video game. Uh, you have to get real close to be like, oh, okay, that's a little too uncanny valley there for that. But at the same time, like I said, it's 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 just everything's gray. I'm, I mean, there's bits and pieces of color, but it's very washed out. Um, but hey, you know, as I finish it, perhaps I'll see more. So I'm not going to comment on the story or anything just yet until I've actually had a chance to sit down and watch it. I just, uh, you know, kudos to them for being a little bit more tech technically proficient by now and have you, you know, played 15 i have not played 15 is okay. um which one is the one where there's a mini game where you're trying to get to a wedding and you and your party are like stuck and your car doesn't have any gas that's 15 that is 15 okay uh, i i think i played that mini game i think i actually i think my friend let me play that mini game i know we we talked about it because um they introduced Final Fantasy 15 on a Conan O'Brien's. Yes, um, it was hysterical. That's that was yeah. kind of my reintroduction into the series, and I was like, I need to play these games. Yeah, so it, it definitely um, that had like kind of I want to say split the gaming community a little bit with that because a lot of people were like oh, i can't believe this is what they're calling a game now this is bull i hate this and i was just like i think this is funny i think i mean i don't mind you only like, push the car for maybe 30 seconds in the game it's not that long well you know it, there's people like me who hate escort missions like spider-man 3 where i have to swing mary jane through the city and i wanted to just throw her <laughs> you know so that's maybe that maybe i would I like i think I, I played it for like two seconds of pushing the car i don't think i ever finished that like whatever i'm good yeah um uh king's blade is unique it's because well i'm i'm in a final final fantasy fan group um uh-huh. which which i actually enjoy i've been surprised how incredibly supportive everybody is of everybody playing the different games and stuff usually fans are like no don't don't play these ones or don't watch this movie or whatever but I was like, hey, I'm getting ready to start Final Fantasy 15. Everybody was like, you know, once you get to the cutscene where the kingdom falls, stop playing the game and watch Kingsclave because I guess it, it, it adds more context and stuff, which is both oh. cool and also like, well, what if I don't own the game or don't, or don't own the movie and don't want to pay 
extra money to to buy it. Luckily, I had a copy. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, well, cheapskate, uh, fork over the $14 to buy it digitally or six bucks to rent like I did. Yeah, I bought it for a dollar on DVD when Family Video went out of business. (laughs) Ah, God, I wish I was near Family Video at the time. I would have I would have totally cleared them out. Um, but yeah, it basically adds a bunch of context, uh, for how certain characters survived the siege on the city that happens near the beginning of the game. Well, you know, I, I, again, that is a weird, bold move to create a movie that's like an in between. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've, I've also played the game a little bit after that. And I was like, I feel like I, if I hadn't watched the movie, I wouldn't have necessarily miss anything but again i'm only eight hours into it most final fantasy games take anywhere between like 40 to 50 hours to to finish the main story so we'll see it's a good movie i I would recommend watching it but um i don't know if it's necessary necessary to pay the 15 dollars to watch it to get the full experience you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it mainly because we were doing this and I wanted to get, you know, so I rented it. So I'm going to go through with it. But um, I don't know what this thing um, made box office wise, but it got a ton of bad reviews, of course. Um, I don't I don't know. I'm not saying I should I should have looked up like Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I should have done. <laughs> but uh I, yeah. I don't remember a lot of heat when this movie came out. Yeah, I got twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I it seems really harsh. Well, it is Rotten Tomatoes. They, you know, I don't trust. I, I, I think the funny thing is, um, you know, like I had a friend who would text me, um, may rest in peace, but at, he would text me every time. Uh, he would text me every time a new movie would come out, like a Marvel movie. He's like, "Oh, Rotten Tomatoes saying this." I'm like, "Ryan, you need to you need to stop." I was like, "You need to," because it's like 12 percent on reviewer score, but 69 percent audience rating score. I'm like, do you understand that's not you know? Yeah, it just, it just isn't worth. Um, and I, I always encourage people to think for themselves. Anyway, it's like, why don't you? If you're interested in it, just just watch it and make your own decision. If you who knows, yeah. you may have end up being the one person that likes the movie. Yeah, apparently it's gross in the USA. It was only like almost $120,000. So that's not great. <laughs> that's not great at all. But it was a limited release. It's one of those movies where like, you know, it's at the bottom of the list. Like, oh yeah, by the way, go see this movie if you want to. It wasn't a major release. So. Yeah, and, and it's and who knows what it made on as far as like DVD and digital sales by now. Yeah. Um, I will say this. If I recommend to the viewers, if you really want to watch a sword and sorcery based off a role-playing game movie um, that is fun, exciting, and accessible to general audience and fans. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves, which you can watch, I believe, on Prime as well as Paramount+. Plus. Holy crap, what a great movie. Um, I just watched that recently, and it's just, it's got so much great humor. It's got great heart. And if you were a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon back in the 80s, and that's how I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons, it is, even has those characters in it. Like, it even has the cast of them in it. They're at the very end of the movie. Um, so check that out. 
uh, check out Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Maybe look up a little wiki article on Final Fantasy VII, number one, if you haven't ever really been exposed to any kind of Final Fantasy stuff. Just play, the, play game. the game. I mean, you can literally play it on just about anything. They re-released it a couple of years ago for the PS4, Xbox, and the Switch, which is what I played it on. So, yeah. I mean, you can literally get it on just about anything. Uh, I just I just don't know if the viewer wants to devote, like, you know, 12 hours of their life or whatever, how many hours it is. Um <laughs> It's I mean, a two-disker. <laughs> it was a fat it. one back in the day. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I highly recommend you get a little bit of exposure of Final Fantasy VII before watching Advent Children. Um, and Final Fantasy Spirits Within, it's not nearly as bad as I remember it. I think, I think uh, I've mellowed out on that. Um, definitely worth digging up that gem. Um, if you want to watch a mildly decent sci-fi movie featuring at the time revolutionary technology. So uh, any uh, last thoughts before we do our um, obligatory um, pandering of our, our things to the audience and say goodbye. <laughs> uh, well, Final Fantasy is one of my favorite game series and uh, I think they haven't quite hit their stride as far as like movies just yet. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean they're not good. Uh, but if you're wondering which game to play, just pick one. You can't go wrong with any of them. I haven't, I haven't played all of them, but I feel like they're all different, but there's something out there for everybody's as far as the series. And that's what I love about it. It's not like, I mean, I'm, I love Halo, but it's just like after the third one, it gets stale because it's, it's the same characters and going through the same things. Whereas like, Final Fantasy is like you get a new set of characters, you get a new world, you get a new story. So it's like if you pick 13, you're not going to miss anything by not playing the 12 that came before it. Right. And every once in a while, they like redo stuff like 13 is more linear. It's not as like open worldy as the others. So maybe you want a quicker game. Maybe you're like me and you're like, okay, I just want to kind of play and have fun. 13 yeah. is, is kind of your deal for that. Um you know, or you can, you know, it, like I said, seven's got a lot. It's got a lot to delve in there. Um, eight was my my jam back in the day because, you know, I like I said, I wasn't a big fan of sevens like Popeye arms and all that kind of crap. So I played eight because they kind of changed the character models, made them a little bit more proportioned and stuff. And I found it very enjoyable. And yet eight is very controversial among some fans. They like hate eight. And I'm like, OK, I so like a little bit of <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I don't know about now, like maybe people have mellowed out, but at, at the time and probably for the last 15, 20 years, a lot of people hated on eight for some weird reason. It, it was, it was kind of bizarre. Like, okay. Um, but yeah, there's, there's all sorts of different flavors of final fantasy for everybody. Um, all right. So, uh, where can we find uh, you outside of Roy's rants? Um, you can find me on Instagram or on YouTube. Uh, my girlfriend and I do a really fun s series of videos called B Movie Bingo. Uh, our upcoming videos are Atlantic Rim and Grizzly. Uh, we've got <laughs> both of those. Um, so look out for those on my YouTube channel, which is Alex, a.k.a. Charles Ross. Um, I'm also currently working on a role-playing game uh, called Mansions, which is inspired by 
Silent Hill and original Resident Evil. Um, that's very, very early in this, the stages. Like I just started writing the rule book. So I don't know when that's going to be done. It'll be done <laughs> once I finish it, I guess. Yes, and I've already I've already shilled to him that he should hire me as as an artist for one of the things. Now he said his his girlfriend's going to handle a lot of art, but I'd like to point out that most role playing games don't just pick one artist. Okay, so there's that. I know. Oh, it, we'll just see what it needs once the book is done because I have no idea. Oh, you're going to need so much art. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I have worked on role-playing games before. Now, granted, they never went anywhere, and the people kind of took off my art, but uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can find me as Croctopus Art on TikTok, Croctopus Art on X, formerly known as Twitter. That's the first time I've ever called it X. I keep saying Twitter. Um, as well as Croctopus Art at tpublic.com, where you can uh, do some T-shirt designs. I'm going to be uploading some designs today. I can't do it tomorrow morning because tomorrow morning I go off my side job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you can also find me at Roy D. Stiffy on Instagram. I know I need to get some brand centralization. Uh, also uh, on Facebook as uh, Roy Stiffy or Croctopus Art. And I am launching, I just launched last night a Facebook page, Dark Hearts. Uh, I'm going to be in. Uh, grab it out networking that we're going to launch a comic book this year volume three of a book i used to um i used i used to self-publish and put out there we're going to be launching a kickstarter this year um so we're making a big push this year for that and you can catch me uh occasionally on our sister uh podcast called from our couch where me and my family uh review uh movies and tv on the world of entertainment from our couch. So you can check that out on Instagram or yeah, Instagram on Amazon music, um, Apple iTunes. And uh, what's that other, why can't I say the other one in my head? What's the other Spotify? Big Spotify? <laughs> we got it on Spotify. All right. Say goodbye, Alex. Take care. All right, everybody, you heard the man. Take care. Bye-bye.